Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. My name is Carson Crook and I'm going to be interviewing Jesse Johnson Broward. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. My name is Carson Crook and I'm going to be interviewing Jesse Johnson Broward. Uh, founder of BetGR, and he's got a bunch of other things he's working on right now, yeah, too. Yeah. So, Jesse, for our first question, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Tell us about your background, what you got going on. Yeah, so uh, originally from Michigan, uh, I went to the Army, got out uh, late 04, and since then I've been really working for myself on and off throughout the time. Uh, father, husband, and uh, own a couple different businesses that are doing fairly well. And like you said, I'm uh, president of a nonprofit, so we help out vets and first responders here. Awesome. So you were in the army, right? So uh, probably right out of high school. Very uh, close. Well, yeah. yeah Very what, close. what kind of student were you in school? Horrible. You I, were a horrible student. Yeah, I graduated high school with a, a 2.0 GPA. I really don't think I ever brought a book home through my entire school career. <laughs> uh, maybe once, you know, just to, cause I had to pass something. But yeah, I was the guy that every year, at the end of the year, I had to have that conversation of like, you have to get a D minus on this exam mm -hmm. to move on. Mm -hmm. And it was just a matter of applying myself. I just didn't, I didn't see the, the, the end game, if you will. Yeah. The teachers were pushing them. Yep, yep. I feel like a lot of guys that get into business come from a background similar to that. Mm -hmm. What's the old saying? Like the A students end up working for the C students and the B students end up working for the government. Right. Right. <laughs> so what made you decide to join the army? What spiked your interest in that? So my dad was a pastor, still, still is, he's retired now, but um, after high school, he accepted a, a different job. He went to Northwest Iowa. And if you're familiar with that area, it's literally just corn and that's about it. And I was 18 and they gave me the option to stay and you know live on my own mm -hmm. or go with them and you know continue being an 18 year old living with mom and dad. So I, I went out there with them. I looked at a college out there, a community college. And uh, you know, it was like the cornfields that never end. Just, just were killing me, and so I ended up staying. I stayed uh, roomed with a couple buddies, and really that was the first time I, I did a, a life assessment. And I noticed that the guys that were hanging out with me were getting older, and their lifestyles were not awesome. You know, many of them were, uh, you know, on their second or third marriage already. Uh, there was a ten-year gap between people hanging out with me and myself. Mm -hmm. Just you know, a rough lifestyle. And I didn't want that. And I knew if I stayed, that would probably be where I ended up. Mm. So I needed a drastic change. And I didn't know anything about the military. I really, really didn't. I, mm. I had no clue. And I, I just went to a recruiter and you know, they showed me a couple cool guy videos and said I'd be going to Georgia. And this was right in the beginning of winter in Michigan. So it's super cold. And I thought Georgia would be hot. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually excited to go down there. Uh, that was not the case. But uh, yeah, within about two weeks, I was in basic training. Right. And uh, so I really just went on a whim. Sure. And that's what yeah. I mean. What year was that? 2000. That was 2000. Yep. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, right November of 2000. Right before 9-11. Yes. What'd you enlist as? Infantry. Infantry? Yeah. Okay. So where'd you go? 
Um, well, I stayed in state, got to, I had a cool experience and, and to be honest with you, man, uh, just with the things I'm involved in now, I never wanted to use my background as a platform, mm. you know, I, uh, so honestly, I tell people now, you know, I'm just a, a army vet with an honorable discharge, mm. you know, so I got to experience some cool things. I was, I was involved, um, you know, during 9-11 mm. and after, and uh, so I got to take part in some really historical um, things that happened. And uh, the infantry unit I was with was very small and very specialized, and uh, it opened some doors for me to take part in different things. But again, um, I don't like to put myself any different than anyone else. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that will use their experiences or hype them up to um, try to gain leverage, especially in this world uh, or this industry. And I like to sit next to the cook and the guy that just drove a truck and you know everybody else in between because at the end of the day we're all out mm -hmm. and now what right mm -hmm. so i feel honestly when i'm talking about my military experience that it's like going back to high school and that's been a long time you know yeah. so if, if we're still sitting here talking about high school days yeah there's not been a lot of growth and so it's something i don't even focus on i'm more or less focused on the next chapter of my life yeah i think that's important too you know just from what I've seen from a lot of vets, mm. uh, there's a lot of guys that don't like, think, you know, Uncle Rico from like, uh, what's that movie called? Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, right? Oh, right, right. Okay, so Uncle Rico, right? He, he could throw a football over the mountains, right? He's like 35 years old and wearing his football jacket still. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that are like that. For sure. You know, and it's good to have pride from your experiences in the past but it's not good to have your whole self-identity wrapped up into that because sure. it limits you. It limits you. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a great, yeah, it is a good way to be able to connect and relate to a lot of guys, but uh, no, I, I like the way that you're doing that, and I think that's really cool. When did you first become interested in business? I think it goes back to, to my youth, really. Um, I never enjoyed working for other people mm. and when I say that the first couple jobs I had I worked for guys that I really really liked and I, I, I still do I really admire them the first that really sparked the interest his name is Chris Fisher he started a company uh, back in the day it was called called Golden Eagle Cleaning Services mm. and we washed windows together I was his first employee uh, and then he's since franchised and it's now called Shine but he did very well. Chris is a fantastic person, and he really is the first one to introduce personal development and reading these types of things to me. And I was just 18, so I'm riding, you know, I'm in a truck with him the majority of the day, just mm -hmm. absorbing. And I didn't realize it at the time, just because of my age, how much it would impact me down the road. Um, but Chris is a great guy. The reason I say that is I still didn't love the idea of working for him because I saw his vision and I liked it. And his vision was to create something that would produce for his family for generations, right? Long term. In the meantime, I'm getting an hourly check. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's there's two sides to the coin. I also did that. Uh, I did landscaping for a time. I really liked the guy there too. His name was Dave Shabazz. And, uh, you know, Dave has a, a really large business and it, it's doing very well. But again, I was on the other side of the table where I thought, you know, I'm still helping you reach your goals, but I'm not reaching mine. Oh, yeah. You know, so there, I had many times in my life where out of necessity, 
I picked up small jobs or labor jobs because I was still on the side working on, on my passion, but I had to pay the bills. Yeah. And to be honest with you, man, that's where a lot of people screw up is these these younger people that are starting off, like, you gotta still work. You know, I still had responsibilities as a husband and father to, to provide. And even if I wasn't doing it to the extent that I wanted to, I still did. And so um, it was an important thing. But again, I kept sitting with these guys that were owners of the businesses yeah. and hearing their, their dreams, watching their lifestyle. And it was drastically different than what you could be offered as an employee. So it just kind of burned me down deep, you know? And uh, so I'd say that's where the interest started was, uh, you know, my early days working. Hmm. So. so you're saying work to provide and moonlight your hustle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you don't have, life goes on, right? And especially if you have responsibilities, you have responsibilities. There's nothing I hate more than to hear about a grown man that is working on something that's not there yet mm. and is doing nothing to provide for his family. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of them. So I just say they're, they're very old children. There's a lot of 35 year old children still yeah. running around. And uh, you know, it takes an adult with, that understands the responsibility to have the discipline to produce something that's gonna be great and take care of your family and your responsibilities, right, if you don't have a family yet. Right. So, yeah. What were some learning points that you had along the way in the early days of getting into entrepreneurship, starting things, growing things? Man, the lessons are like endless, right? Yeah. They are, and I'm still learning, I'm still failing, I'm still succeeding. You know, I don't think that ever changes sure. if you're still striving to do better, but man, something that stood out to me was, uh, I'm a giving person. And so I would always like to give my friends opportunities. Mm. And so I would hire or partner with friends that I would kind of, uh, I don't want to say force, but politely coerce into a situation that could be very good for them. And they wanted to, but they didn't have that drive or desire. Yeah. And so uh, I was hiring from my heart and not from the, the um, aspect of their capabilities yep. yeah. and it burned me every single time every single time you know it's it would be extremely lopsided you know the amount of effort going out and and it never worked so honestly that was, that's my first lesson is is don't hire your buddies you know yeah straight up don't hire yeah. your buddies or family yeah yeah i mean unless their skill set is excellent mm -hmm. you know so if for example, if, if we're cousins or something and, and you're an amazing tech guy mm -hmm. and I don't have those skills, we can maybe talk. But if your skill set is equal or less to mine and I'm just doing it because we have a relationship, horrible move. And I did that over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And it's still difficult, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to hire off from skill and partner with people that are better than you. Yeah. So like you talk about giving, right? Having a giving heart um, and if, for anybody that reads a bunch of books like Rich Dad Poor Dad and all those things, they talk about how important it is to be a giver mm -hmm. if you're going to be in this game, right? Um, so maybe not giving people jobs as an idea right. of giving, but what is what would you think about the idea of giving uh, of that that is a character value for somebody that's an entrepreneur? Well, it's a it's a characteristic of me, my wife, 
Mm. You know, it's, it's usually a private thing for people. Um, we support a lot of things and people financially on the, in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has to be your heart. You know, I, I think if you're going to be successful, you have to find a way to, to serve the masses. And in order to do that, you really have to have a heart for them. And so you can see when people need and you can see when people deserve. And so I know this sounds kind of weird, but we found out a way, uh, maybe a philosophy that we don't help the needy, we help the deserving. And so, you know, take my my story, my family's story. We've been very broke, right? We, we've had a house, I had a house that was foreclosed. We've had cars repoed. I've had lights shut off. Uh, we've been on food stamps when we first started for real and uh, those were hard times and they were awful we didn't ask for help but back then we were in a position where we were still trying mm-hmm. and if somebody would have been there I would have humbly accepted but we would have still worked right mm-hmm. and so you have the other type that's just going to sit on the couch and do nothing and ask 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 mm-hmm. I'm not helping them mm-hmm. if they're putting a little bit of effort forward I'll bend over backwards. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean, deserving. If, if you're doing something, you're deserving of a little help, right. you know? Um, we have we have a pretty decent sized homeless population right here outside my building, right? Yeah. And every single day, they hit me up for money. Every single day. And so a couple weeks ago, I brought a broom to work and I brought it out with me because I knew I was gonna get hit up. And sure enough, the guy comes up asking for money. I said, look, man, this street's dirty. The sidewalk's dirty. Here's a broom. If I come back from lunch and you swept this place, I'll give you a hundred bucks, mm. you know? And he, he kind of told me to screw off, mm. you know? Like, he's just looking for a handout. He's not deserving. Now, if he would've came back and the street was clean, I'd happily give it to him. Yeah. I'd probably let him do that every single day. Yeah. Um, but that really shows me the difference of a deserving person and a needy person, right. that makes sense. So the difference between a, a handout and a hand up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even that's a little tough, man, because sometimes you do need a handout, mm-hmm. but you're still working. You know, you're still really giving an effort. And so that's that's what I look for is, is there effort being put forward? And if so, I'm happy to help you out. Sure. Tell us about what you got going on today. What are you working on? Yeah. We have two things that are really in my mind focus right now. So we started a, a nonprofit, which is a counseling center for vets and first responders almost two years ago now. That's that's always on my mind because, uh, you know, I'm the president of that organization. So it's always, you know, at the end of the day, I take responsibility for if it succeeds or fails, more or less fails. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, it's just always on my mind. But um, with a nonprofit, finances are always at the forefront, right? So mm-hmm. everything is, how are we gonna pay for this? Can we take on more people? That's gonna have more expense. Uh, you know, it's just expensive. And every month, um, you know, I have to cut checks out of my personal fund um, to continue to support it, which is fine. But I've always wanted to create a machine that could fund a nonprofit without having to go on the money trail, right? Go around and asking everyone for money, but, you know, I don't like doing that. If yeah. people want to support us, that's fantastic. But I don't like going and asking and begging for it when I'm capable of creating something that could fund it anyway. Mm. 
And so that's what really led into what I'm extremely focused on now, which is Hero Raise. And uh, I wanted to create something, like I said, that could fund my nonprofit and others. And um, I saw some serious needs, right? So in the veteran world, the, the black eye of the medical field is the VA, right? Yeah. And so I needed to create a way that veterans could go outside the VA and have choices and options in their healthcare. And that's really opened up to, you know, just betterment services. Uh, I also really liked the crowdfunding platform, and there's a couple of successful ones online, right? Hmm. However, I'm always hesitant to give unless I really know the person well because of all the fraud and stolen valor that's out there, right? Yeah, yeah. So we really wanted to capitalize on, on both things, you know, the, the crowdfunding as well as the, the medical side. And so we created Hero Raise, and it's a fundraising platform that's strictly for veterans, first responders, and service men and women, um, active and reserve. So this is for anybody active and retired in the first responder community as well. So this place, they can go on there, they can ask for funds, you know, for their needs. And it's, I call it a traditional fundraising um, style, if you will. Sure. Where, you know, I'm on there, I ask for money, you give it to me, cool. You don't really know what I do with it, but you've just directly given me money. The part that makes us very unique is what we're calling the Hero Index, Hero Raise Index. And what this allows uh, to happen is, as individuals ask for funds to pay for their medical needs, the money doesn't go directly to the person asking, it actually goes to the service provider. And so fraud's out the window, and now people can actually pay directly to the doctor that they need, right, or any service. So um, it breaks down, I mean, it could be a grocery store, and you know somebody that needs groceries, and if that grocery store is on the Hero Raise Index, um, you can go to it, find the individual, give money directly to them, and they can go in there and buy groceries. That's super cool. Yeah, and so, you know, on the extreme side, if somebody's having a major surgery, you know, if the hospital or surgeon is on the index, um, pe people can give directly to um, the need of sure. the person. That's gonna be awesome for service providers, right? Because now you have a lot of security in those finances coming in. So that's super cool. Yep. So let's say that I am a widow or a single mom and I have kids. Could I also use the Hero Index? And if you're, uh, if the person that passed away was a retired or active first responder, serviceman, oh. Vet, oh yeah, so, you know, so uh, first responders that. too. Yep, for so sure. Please, some firefighters. <laughs> Yeah, what you said, and uh, you know, I was talking about funding nonprofits. So each service provider has to pay twenty-two dollars a month. So we wanted to keep the the veteran suicide number in the forefront. The first responder suicide rate's outrageous as well. It's just not publicized; people don't know it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's right up there with the vets. You know, it's it's unreal. And so we wanted to be able to fund organizations that are actually making an impact with people's mental health and doing a good job. So um, each service provider pays $22 a month. We donate a um, portion of that to nonprofits every single month. So what you're looking at when you're talking numbers, by the end of next year, we're gonna need to have about 4,000 service providers in each state. And so when you're doing the math, 4,000 times 22 times 50, um, 
our hopes are, are to dump some really large checks on organizations. And uh, the reason I say that is it's common for organizations at the end of the year to have this pot of money uh, that they need to donate for taxes, right? Mm -hmm. And so what a lot of them will do is just kind of trickle a lot of money to a lot of different places. And so it looks good because they can tell their people, you know, we helped out 50 nonprofits. Well, you kind of did. You like, you know, you paid for paper for 50. Yeah. What I like is I would much rather go drop a half million dollar check on an organization and change their world forever mm -hmm. than give, you know, $2,000 to a whole bunch of different places. Yeah. You know, so that's our focus is like, let's find these organizations that are doing a really good job and pool all of our resources and rock their world, you know? And so we'll be doing that from, actually from, from this year, at the end of this year uh, on. But I hope to be able to do that, to do that every single month um, across the country. That's super awesome. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a tremendous need in our society today. If you look at the numbers of like, uh, if you compare veteran suicide rate to casualties, from war fighting the last 20 years. The comparison is just outstanding, right? It's like over 10 times as many guys uh, commit suicide than are killed in combat. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, great. Like Hero Rays, uh, everybody that I've talked to that talks about it, everybody says that there's just incredible capability there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, awesome, awesome to hear your story and what you've done. Yeah, thank you. And the direction that you're going. I know that I consider you to be a mentor of mine. I appreciate and, it. Yeah, and I'm super happy to be associated with you. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just seeing everything that you guys got going, like, every, everybody's super proud of well, thank you, you and your wife. And, and we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah appreciate it's it. super cool. Do you have any, do you have any uh, final thoughts, any closing? So think like all the guys out there, all the guys and <clears throat> ladies uh, that are like me right now right they're just yeah. starting yep. they're in the grind they're trying to get there to the other side what is uh what's a piece of advice that you would have for them what's something you wish somebody told you when you were in your first few years there's a couple things that stand out so dream big mm. because it really is possible the vast majority of people do not think like an entrepreneur thinks and so they're just gonna, you know, squirt water on your fire. So if you have people that you know do that, don't talk to them about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I've done that for years. You know, I'll, I'll go to people that I know don't get it, tell them my ideas, and it's it's depressing because they don't get it. Right. If you circle yourself with people that think like you, they're gonna encourage you. So first, hang out with people better than you. Yeah. and people that have done it and ask them for guidance, ask them for support. So dream big, it's attainable. I also like, well, it's a lesson, is no one to pull a plug, mm -hmm. right? So be quick to start something, be quick to stop if you can clearly see like this isn't working, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why you might have to pull the plug, but I've stayed with things way too long because I was proud of it mm -hmm. and it just wasn't gonna work. Right, And so if the numbers don't work and it's just not lining up, it's okay to shut the door and go on to the next thing. However, watch what opportunity comes because you shut that door. Everything that is positive in my life and my family's life now, for real, 
came because a closed door happened. We looked around, we wouldn't give up. And what other opportunity came from this? You know, maybe it's a person you met or a service or something. Everything that we have today is because of the closed door. We could have stopped and this, nothing, none of this would be real, but we didn't, we just chose to continue. So, um, you know, continue that. But lastly, I would say, you know, be responsible for yourself. You know, like I said before, there's so many people that are getting in this that quit their job mm. to try to build something that's not real yet, and you can't. You know, if you have responsibilities, work all day long, you know, go to work at eight, come home at five or six, spend time with your family, you know, from like eight to two in the morning, work on your own thing. And, you know, when the income starts to, to flip where you're making more than your full-time job, continue that for about six months and maybe you can have the conversation of, should I stop my full-time job? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, that's, that's what I would leave people. I would also like to plug you. So even with like the crook cast that you're doing now, it's a great idea and you know i know you're just starting off locally in the grand rapids area west michigan area but this is a great thing for small businesses right so you get to go have them share their story um you know as a as a community we don't really know the stories of all these businesses but yeah if you go out into the to the road at, you know any street and just look down the road i mean it's lined with businesses mm -hmm. every one of those is owned by somebody that hustled and worked hard and they have a story right so i think it's cool what you're doing just going and interviewing these people getting their stories out because yeah. it's important and for people that are trying to learn how to do it that's your that's your phd right there yeah you know yeah. so you know instead of Spend your time getting an MBA, spend your time watching the Crookcast and just study that because it'll probably give you the knowledge that you need. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks for that. Jesse, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. Where can people go to learn more about VetYAR and HeroRays? Yep, so you can go to HeroRays.com or you can go to VetGR.org. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and for people that want to reach out to me, you can go to um, JohnsonBrower.com. Okay. and message me directly through there too but yeah awesome thank you so much yeah. guys if you want to support what we're doing here there's a couple of ways that you can do that um and if you want to support betgr there's a couple of ways that you can do that you can go to betgr to sign up to donate to them like subscribe share comment all those things are going to help get the word out and support this podcast platform so that we can share stories from our community and get the word out. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Well thank you for joining us.